Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dirty Money. I'm Ben Hedges, and we got Mike in the studio with us. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing excellent. How about yourself, Ben? I'm good, man. And uh, you might notice a little different background today if you're watching the video stream of this episode, because I am in Glasgow, Scotland, for the Young Entrepreneurs Society Scottish Financial Freedom Summit. So that's why we've got a little bit of a different background speaking there tomorrow. But today on Dirty Money, we have a load of interesting topics for you today. So we've got the release of the Apple Vision Pro, their new VR headset. We've got the merger of the two massive golf leagues, the PGA Tour and Live, that is causing some controversy. Tucker Carlson has started his new show on Twitter. The SEC is suing Coinbase and Binance. And then we got Lululemon firing two employees for attempting to stop shoplifters. Shoplifting is becoming an increasingly big problem, with many stores even leaving certain cities because of the rising crime. Don't forget, guys, if you are listening to us on any of the major podcast platforms, do give us a five-star rating. Share this podcast with your friends. That helps us promote and grow the show. And if you are on any of the other micro-contact platforms, like TikTok, Instagram, or YouTube Shorts. Our tagger is uh, our tagger. What's a tagger? Our uh, our handle on those sites is at Dirty Money Show, so you can follow along on there as well. But let's get right into it, Mike. The Apple Vision Pro. What's all that about? We've been waiting for this product to come out for about two years. I've been involved with a company that develops apps for virtual reality. And you know, this has been on the table with their development team when I've been involved where they're saying, hey, we're waiting for Apple to come out with their, their VR set. And here it is, the Vision Pro, $3,500. I mean, you have to order a special MacBook Pro to get to that price point. Yeah. So, so you literally have to go into Mac and say, I want a, a solid max out. You've got to max it out. You've got to add additional things that are not typically given to the regular consumer. I think the highest level of MacBook Pro you can buy is around $3,200. Yeah. And so now they're introducing this product to everybody for $3,500. I don't, I don't even know how that's going to compute with the common, common people, like just the middle class or the people that consume their cell phones. Like, are they completely lost on their marketing world? Like, Number one headset on the market right now is the MetaQuest 2. And then you've got the Oculus Quest Pro, which is $1,000, which has the augmentation in it. I bought myself one and I bought one of my family members one. And it's just really interesting that, you know, someone at the marketing department for uh, Apple turned around and said that we can create this product and people are going to pay $3,500 for it. Is it significantly better? I believe it'll be significantly better. I haven't, I haven't tried it. But one thing that they're talking about is spatial computing. When you put on Apple Vision Pro, you see your world and everything in it. You navigate with your eyes. Simply tap to select. If you've ever seen Iron Man where he's computing with his hands everywhere and he's pulling stuff, that's basically what they're touting is that they have this in their device. Check the heart, check the, check the, is it the brain? My diagnosis is that you've experienced a severe anxiety attack. So you're talking about spatial computing be something that's 
gained by your eyes and your hands. There's no controllers. So when you're using an Oculus, you have two controllers that you have to hold. You've got to move them. It's more like a video game system. The thing that I'm talking about for Iron Man is when he's in his office and he can kind of throw it all up. Initiating virtual crime scene reconstruction. Welcome home, sir. There's also another movie called Minority Report, Tom Cruise in it years and years ago. He put on a little singular eyepiece for that and he can pull from things. So they're touting spatial computing as being a big thing. What I do think it's going to offer to the marketplace is it's going to take the VR headset out of the video game world and put it into everyday world usage. And that's where you're going to start to see some development for VR. Because right now there's about 10 million VR headsets that are in consumers' hands that have been purchased, maybe a few more now. But that's not a lot. When you're talking about Apple iPhones in the world and comparably, you know, smartphones, I think. I think that's because people think it's for games, isn't it? And there's not that many people who are interested enough to buy one because they just think, oh, that's for games. But maybe this this has the augmented reality in it too, right? So it's not just for games. It's potentially for other things because you can actually see through. Right. You can see through it. When someone else is in the room, you can see them and they can see you. Yeah, so... It, it, it augments reality, but it can also incorporate that that computing. So if you're, for example, a car engineer and you're putting a certain motor and putting together certain engineering pieces and you have just the frame of, of the car in front of you or the whole body and there's no other components, you flip up the hood and you know you can spatially put it together. So now you're talking about really offering something that's not on the marketplace. So it's interesting that it doesn't have the controllers and that it has the eye technology and thing like that. But again, the money is just, to me, it's ridiculous. We're not talking about Oculus Quest where there's millions of users, millions and millions of users. So that's, that's kind of like, you know, what are they thinking? I mean, their stock's gone up. That always does. <laughs> new. You know, there was a funny thing, Kevin Paparath, a YouTuber posted on Instagram. He said that in the same keynote address, Apple, they came out with a new feature on the iPad, where if it's, if you're holding it too close to your eyes, it has a little pop-up that says screen is too close, move it further away from you. In the same keynote address, they come out with another product that literally puts the screen right here. So, uh, I was kind of, I thought it was kind of amusing. It's like too close to the TV. Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna rot your brain. You know, that's what your parents tell you when you're a child. And and here we are. We're gonna walk around with this thing attached to our face. I feel like they they had to come to launch this product because they spent so much R and D on it, and that oh, okay. they, they just had to at this point put something on the market. But I'm wondering if it's going to be a flop product. I mean, Apple's had flop products in the past, and unless they do some quick innovating by next year and introduce something that's revolutionary. I mean, the spatial spatial computing is revolutionary. It might be, yeah. I see how it how it plays but out. But the headset itself needs to be revolutionary, just like the iPhones were revolutionary. So there's, actually, there's a lot of things that Apple did like that. Like the iPhone was. Re Do you remember when the iPhone first launched? The iPhone itself was revolutionary, but they had it on AT and T's ridiculously slow network at the time, <laughs> and it was heavily criticized because it was like the slowest network. They signed a deal with AT and T exclusively yeah. for the first year, I think it was. So they do do things like that from time to time. You know. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of what it, what it might turn into. So like I didn't have an iPhone until we were all able to use it on any any service provider we wanted.
Uh, right, yeah. I got it at the iPhone 3GS. That was my first one. Your favorite apps live right in your face. Like, I think we should move on to the next story because this is one that I've uh, been looking at today and it's it's quite interesting, which is uh, basically the this golf story. Now, I'm not a huge expert on golf, but I am interested in the business side of many things. So basically what's happening is the PGA Tour uh, and also the DP World Tour, which is another one. Most people are just talking about the PGA Tour. Uh, they have agreed to merge with Live Golf, L-I-V Golf. It's a Saudi-backed golf league. And it's kind of controversial because previously the Saudi-backed Live Golf had offered big money to many golfers for them to go and join Live. And, and some of them accepted. Uh, and this really split, uh, it drove a split between many of the players. So Brooks Kopeka, Kopeka and Dustin Johnson, they basically defected to the Live League and their deals were rumored to be in the $150 million range. Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy are two that have been, you know, very staunchly against this and loyal to the PGA Tour. But what's happened now <laughs> is that basically they're merging. They've agreed to merge anyway. So many of the golfers who turned down money from Live Golf because they were loyal to the PGA Tour, they're now going to be in Live Golf anyway. So <laughs> English golfer Justin Rose, he, he said it felt like a prank. And I think this is what many of these golfers feel is that they've been punked, right? Because basically they turned down this money because they were, they were like, we'll be loyal to the PGA Tour. And then it's, it's merged anyway, and they're not getting any money. At this point, I think Tiger Woods, Royal McIlroy, and Jack, Jack Nichols should just go on their own tour because that's who people are tuning in to watch. If you're not an avid golf watcher, you're watching those three players. And, yes. it, and they can create their own called premium premium tour where it's the top level players to play in the game. Yeah, just like Arnold Palmer has his own tea, uh, his, own, his own half and half lemonade and iced tea. These guys can have their own golf league. Maybe they should have a drink too. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is though, previously Live Golf or some players that had gone defected to live golf or actually suing the pga tour because they weren't allowed to play in the pga tour because they'd signed these deals with live those lawsuits have now been dropped as part of this merger but it's kind of it's kind of cheeky it reminds me of something similar with competitive eating competitions on coney island there used to be this japanese speed eater uh, takira kobayashi he's an amazing athlete and basically major league eating tried to force him to sign a contract where he could only appear in major league eating events and he wasn't allowed to join any other eating competitions in Japan. These guys signing with Liv, the PGA Tour is kind of kicking them out and saying, oh, you've signed with Liv, you can only play with Liv now. And they wanted to come back and join in some of the PGA Tour events as well. And that's why they were suing. But yeah, this is Takara Kobayashi. And he actually, he actually protested at one of the uh, hot dog eating competitions on Coney Island because he was not allowed to compete because he refused to sign the contract because he wanted to go and compete in Japan and, uh, you know, do eating competitions in his home country as well. And they wanted, you know, they said that players had to be exclusive to major league eating. So <laughs> a similar sports controversy. I mean, that, that happens in a lot of sports, right? I think pretty much everything. The big thing in sports yeah. right now is Lionel Messi is now jumping over to enter Miami. He's going to enter Miami. PSG, his contract's over. They're just trying to figure out how to pay the guy. So Wait, how old is he? How old is 35. he now? Uh, okay, that's, that's a David Beckham type move. You remember when David Beckham had got a bit older and he was kind of at an age where he could retire? He went to LA Galaxy. Yeah, he was 38. Rain Rooney came over 37. 
35, I mean, Lionel Messi right now is still – He, he just won still the, do a few more just, seasons. He just won the World Cup. Yeah. I mean, like, essentially, he's the biggest name in sports right now. He could easily go play for PSG, any top brand in Europe for soccer, and be oh, starting yeah. forward. No problem. Beckham was already done. He was riding the bench when he came to America. Thierry Henry, when he came over from France, like, he was riding the bench, too. So this is a bigger deal for Messi. The tickets right now for his perspective first game in Inter, Inter Miami in July are more expensive than the NBA finals tickets. Wow. <laughs> the same town. And we same don't even like soccer in America. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we say. We just don't have the good players. So what's the point in watching it? I want to go see the goat of soccer play. Like David Beckham actually owns the Miami part team. Part of it. He, and he's the chairman. Yeah. No, he's, he's a good businessman. I mean, look at where he did with the LA galaxy and everything like, so, you know, he, he knows his stuff. It's just a matter of seeing what happens with Messi. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Barco was trying to get him back, but they couldn't because they just couldn't come up with the money. But what I was trying to get at is Messi's thing right now is like, they're talking about giving him part of the TV deal. Oh, wow. So, so they're talking about letting him be part of the sponsorships that come in directly. Give him a percentage. Yeah, giving him a percentage of yeah. revenue. If if they do that, European soccer's done. Well, I wouldn't say it's done, but yeah, it's. Well, I mean, if you if you're somebody like uh, Mbappe, and she, you're like, hey, come play with, come play in the U.S., and we're gonna give you a percentage of the advertising deals. Just regionally, let's just say regionally, like he goes and plays yeah. in for California, it's gonna blow his salary out of the water. That's true, but you need to get the fans. You need excited fans. That's the thing, because it could it could kind of backfire on them. They pay all this money, but you don't have the fans to back it up. Because we've already got like baseball and basketball and football. It's commission, right? So whatever yeah. whatever we do get, you'll get a piece of. So it's not like you're losing. It's a win win for everybody. Yeah. So I can, if this deal actually happens, we're coming off World Cup. It's always the hottest in America the next season after World Cup. It's how it works. It's always like that every time. And now we're taking the biggest and brightest star of World Cup and we're putting him in America, where he's the most disposable income for any country in the world. So I'm going to see him. <laughs> like, if he's. Oh, for sure. It's the greatest soccer player of all time. It's really interesting. I mean, I'm kind of excited for it because I think it's going to put put American MLS soccer over the top, which is cool. I'm a big I'm a big uh, soccer football fan, whatever you want to call it. But the PGA Tour, I mean, they need to make something more exciting. Like the Premier League PGA Tour, winning, done. <laughs> I will watch every one of those tournaments. Uh, you know, once a month, premium tournament best players that won all the previous tournaments not playing this no yeah brand. well talking of high views for certain uh shows and things on tv let's take a look at this next story which is tucker carlson's first show on twitter the first episode got something like a hundred million views do you, do you want to tell us about that mike yeah so so tucker i mean i don't know if you don't know Rupert Murdoch called up Tucker after Dominion Voting Systems put the hammer down on Fox News and said, you're terminated. Directly, uh, the story goes that Rupert Murdoch 
called up Tucker Carlson and then terminated him himself. Now Tucker goes over with Elon and he launches his show. Now it's not a typical show where you see him for an hour segment. The first episode he put out, he, it was uh, two days ago and it was nine minutes long and he was picking apart the Ukraine dam was destroyed and there's controversy over who destroyed the dam. And he puts together very concrete evidence that says that dam was destroyed by Ukraine. There's controversial evidence that says it was destroyed by the Russians. This guy got 111 million views on that video so far. My real question is, is what is Elon paying him to do this? And or is he paying him at all? Is he paying him at all? And if he's not paying him at all, what a brilliant guy. Because he put out his second one and he's talking about taboos. Hold true to your taboos. So in America, there's certain things that were taboo 30, 40 years ago that are now the taboo has completely changed. So it was taboo to have an extramarital relationship 40 years ago, right? Uh, now it's almost, it's the opposite, right? Why, why aren't you? The, that's the conversation. So that second one has now up to like 43 million views. And that was only that's dropped good. less than 24 hours ago on Twitter. I'm going to so, have to watch that. So it, it, it's very interesting because he, there's no holds barred. But really what's interesting is Elon Musk turned around and told Don Lemon and uh, the other CNN guy that got kicked out of the network that they could come to Twitter and they should. Yeah, I mean, Elon's kind of like, he's not hes not really taking sides. He, he wants to let everyone come on Twitter, say what they want, and then the public can decide. Right. And I would love to see Don Lemon and Twitter and then Tucker Carlson. And then six months down the road, we're like, here, let's put these guys together on a show and watch what happens. You know, like talk about real entertainment. So it seems Tucker actually gave up a $25 million severance package from Fox uh, to do Twitter. Because, you know, Fox says he's broken his contract by appearing on Twitter. And I think he was arguing that it's his First Amendment right to be able to have freedom of speech, say what he wants. But it seems he's given up his severance. Yeah, I think they might even sue him for this. But the, the challenge is it's not on a major media network. It's a social media. So essentially, he's not putting out a real show. It's Tucker on no. Twitter. So... It's interesting to see, you know, if he did that on purpose to get around that contract clause. And if he did, good for him. Again, I still think we should get anybody who's been kicked off a network onto Twitter so we can entertain ourselves. <laughs> That's the best. It's interesting that Elon's taking this approach because he also talked about recently when you have subscribers, you can maintain those subscribers. So if you want to have a paid subscriber network on Twitter, you can then take them with you. That's right. you. Yeah, you actually get their emails and stuff, don't you? Yeah, anybody who ever wants to subscribe to this, just go to Twitter and subscribe so we can take you with us wherever we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you could sign people up to your website. You can send them uh, email marketing. You can annoy them with marketing emails, etc. which is amazing because <laughs> none of the other sites, Facebook or Instagram, or they don't want you to have the email of your subscribers. I mean, I've got 200,000 subscribers on YouTube that potentially could be 200,000 emails. And that would be a very powerful email marketing list. But yeah, I don't have it. I can only 
contact them through YouTube. The other thing is, is for networks like Instagram, you can't even put them onto a different website. You can't, they won't even allow you to click through. You got to copy and paste it from Instagram. And if you've ever tried to do that, it's hard enough. And so it's really interesting that he's taking the same approach with the Tesla that he's doing with Twitter, where it's open source. You know, we, right. we have all these patents on our vehicles, but you can use them. Have fun. Yeah, it's great. Let's move into the SEC, Coinbase and Binance, which happened this week. So actually, Coinbase had disclosed back in March that they had received a Wells notice. What's called a Wells notice from SEC, which is... Uh, a notice of possible legal action. So that happened back in March that they'd received that. So we kind of knew that this was coming. The SEC started this week by suing Binance. And then a day later, they announced their lawsuit against Coinbase. So if you don't know, Coinbase is the largest publicly traded, I think it's US crypto exchange. And the shares fell 12% on the day when this was announced. And basically what they're being sued for is running an illegal securities exchange. So if you don't know, there's this big sort of controversy around crypto on whether the tokens, uh, crypto you know, coins, are classified as securities or not. And if they are classified as securities, then because none of these exchanges have registered themselves as securities exchanges, they can get sued. And the SEC under Gensler seems to want to pursue charges with a lot of these different companies. Now, this isn't like FTX, where they were like defrauding customers. This is basically that they're selling unregistered securities. I think it's interesting that they're going to go after them. I think the only way they go after them is because they're publicly traded. And so right now they've got to show earnings reports. They've got to have a complete yep. open book with the SEC. They've got to come in. I mean, publicly traded companies are under like uh, scrutiny to the 10th degree. Well, that's the thing about Coinbase. They're actually very by the book, probably after Gemini. They're the most by the book, you know, I mean, I think Gemini is the most kind of by the book crypto exchange in the US, but Coinbase is probably quite a close second. I mean, they, you know, they've gone through the whole IPO in a direct listing and they've, you know, they're, <laughs> they're based in the US. They're not like offshoring stuff like, you know, Binance is actually very opaque in its management yeah. structure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they got, I, I, Binance has a separate uh, site for the US and the rest of the world because they're, their rest of the world site wouldn't cut it with U.S. regulators. <laughs> yeah, that's a with Binance. It's like, well, we might as well throw one of the best, biggest exchanges in here and see if we can get them kind of grouped together with with Coinbase. There's no way they're going to get anywhere with Binance. With Coinbase, I, I mean, again, they're already under. They have to follow those regulations and those guidelines. So it's uh, you know they i think it was 600 million dollars uh, in deposits were pulled out of coinbase wow yeah and that was overnight so it's just a matter of you know it'll keep coming down the pipeline the serious crypto traders use binance but people who dabble are definitely using coinbase and you know crypto.com and stuff consumer yeah. level even the you know robinhood has a few options that you can use and if you use webull i'm pretty sure ben has a link for you <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll put the we'll put the Weeble link below. Actually, if you if you do want to download Weeble, you can buy stocks on there as well as crypto. You actually get up to twelve free stocks through our link if you sign up. So at minimum, it's six stocks. The minimum value for that is thirty four dollars, and then it's the luck of the draw what you get up to twelve. And if you're really lucky and you get all the best stocks, which you won't, but you know if you were really lucky, it could be valued at over thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> but 
absolute minimum value for this is $34. So, you know, it's free money, guys. You might as well. And you can buy stocks on there. You can buy cryptos, etc. Quite a good little app. I like to call it Robinhood for grownups. It's kind of like Robinhood, but it has better charts. Do check it out. We'll put the link below. Exactly. Please check it out. Let's move on now because I think we've we've kind of we'll we'll keep watching that story because it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but let's now talk about Lululemon because they actually made headlines for firing two employees who confronted thieves in the store. That that's insane. What they? How can you how can you legitimately say that? I mean, how does this? CEO say, yes, you were not allowed to stop people from stealing from us. I feel like he's just opened the floodgates. Here you go. Take our stuff. It's already $150 for a pair of yoga pants, but now you can take them uh, freely. Right. It's very strange. Very strange. And I think they even had a security guards who didn't do anything as well. A lot of these, a lot of these stores, they have a security guard, but the security guards not allowed to do anything. It's like, what's the point in having the security guard in the first place? You know, it's very, very strange. But yeah, so many stores are closing down now or just locking up. Security is supposed to call the cops. I mean, <laughs> the person at the cash register could call the cops too. So I mean, what's really the point of the security guard? But yeah, a lot of stores in New York, they're actually locking up all their products or not just New York, but other, other cities too, like Chicago. It's leading to people not wanting to shop in store, which is really sad, you know? It's, it's killing the retailers. It's killing commercial real estate where we still haven't even seen the bottom of the commercial real estate fallout. We're just seeing it start now yeah. where people are starting to default on major commercial buildings. I don't see that there's any in sight right now, especially in the major cities that have seen violence increase like New York City, Chicago, San Francisco. This is just kind of perpetuating that mentality. I know Target blames a lot of their recent loss on theft. I think their stock's down or their total value is down 30% now. But we, we talked about it a few weeks ago, actually, in their earnings call. They admitted that they'd lost a lot of product because of, you know, shoplifting, basically. Yeah, so, you know, that that's, that's definitely interesting to look at. But to have a society where you are selling products and you are not going to tell somebody that they cannot steal your product. That's crazy. Like, how do you, how do you formulate something like that and accept that and tolerate that? It's very strange. Yeah. That they would fire them. I mean, normally retailers though, they do say like, don't be a hero, like don't, right. don't try to, but it's more like to protect the employees. Right. Whereas yeah. they wouldn't be like a policy of if they do do that, if they are willing to do that for the store that they'd fire them. It's kind of strange. Yeah, they, they did say here, we'll take a quote from the company, knowingly violating our zero tolerance policy related to physical engaging with the perpetrators, which put their lives and the safety of our guests and other employees at risk. That's, that's exactly what they said. I didn't read anything about where these people physically engaged the, the theft. They just confronted. I read it that they, they, yeah, they confronted verbally confronted them. I guess right. they're talking more about the risk of the having a brawl in the store and stuff, but that didn't happen. So if it does happen, you know, repeatedly, then you have an issue. But I mean, people shouldn't steal to begin with. And the whole reason that this is happening is because of the policies, the light on crime policies in many cities. I don't think a police force in New York City is going to re reply to a petty theft. 
you know, oh, they sold they sold two hundred fifty dollars worth of pants. Uh, we've got bigger problems. Many of them don't even show up now because they can't prosecute it, and the people get out straight away. Hopefully, people wake up to it. But you know, the best thing you can do is take a video and then call the police. But again, are they going to even prosecute them? Are they even going to step forward with it? It's petty theft. It's a misdemeanor. I think they're basically just trying to turn it into you know just an allowance for this to be built into the budgets of retailers or built into the insurance policies of retailers. It's a shame because once you allow that petty theft, it just brings the whole city down. You know, it, it's a slippery slope that leads to other things. So morality is important. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's probably a, a good place to leave it. Morality is important. So guys, if you're listening to us on any of the major podcast platforms, do leave a five-star review. Do share this episode with your friends. You can watch the full episodes on YouTube and on Rumble. And we're also on the micro contact platforms, TikTok, Instagram Reels, and YouTube. Our handle, said it right that time, our handle is Dirty Money Show. You can check us out. Uh, but as always, you've been watching another episode of Dirty Money. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Thank you.